Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Hopefully everybody is having a great week so far. And we saw... The last few games dwindle down here. Games last night, games tomorrow, and then the long All-Star break. We get word today Alexander Ovechkin will not participate in the All-Star game, put in COVID protocol, so that old gag still exists with COVID, where it looks like we're starting to get better. A major player is in protocol. So certainly the All-Star game compromised. Adam Fox announced he's not going to go because of his injury. So enjoy it as best as you can. It's going to be on ABC, 3 o'clock coming up uh, on Saturday. We'll talk more about that coming up on Friday's edition of Game Misconduct. But let's look at the games last night. Let's start with the Rangers' win over the Panthers. And let's start with the Panthers, okay? Because they are a legit cup contender. There's no question. This is maybe the, outside of Colorado, best offensive team in the league. And I think their goaltending, whether it's Knight, whether it's Bobrovsky, is very good. The one thing Florida's going to have to figure out is they got to learn to defend. They just have to. They can't continue to give up the goals that they give up. And if they really want to be a legit cup contender, unless Bobrovsky or Knight's going to stand on their head in the playoffs, they've got to clamp it down a little bit more. I know this wide-open freestyle is great in the regular season where you can win games 5-4, but when you get to the playoffs, they're going to have to tighten that thing up. But, boy, can they play offensively they just have four lines that can beat you they've got guys on the blue line Ekblad's having a phenomenal season uh they're just really good offensively and they are a very very dangerous team and of course they got to get through in their division Tampa the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions Toronto plays a similar style as well and we'll get to them in just a second but that's probably something they need to clamp down on as far as the Rangers that that's a quality win for a bunch of reasons uh, number one Whenever your coach calls out a team, you want to see there be a response. And I've been doing the pre and post all year. I've done every game, either play-by-play or or hosting it. So I've heard every post-Gerard Gallant press conference. And I never saw him more disappointed than on Sunday when he ripped into his team for that 3-2 win over the Kraken. A third consecutive game in which they blew a two-goal lead. Uh, listless, didn't play a complete game, gave up way too many chances. And he was hard on and then they come out and have maybe the win of the year. And they beat Florida two out of three. And I know there's been this narrative outside of the two wins that the Rangers had against Tampa. Have they really beaten anybody? Lost both games against Calgary. Lost both games against Colorado. Got schooled by Carolina. Um, but playing the way they played against Florida, winning two out of the three, uh, that's, I think that's significant for a confidence level. And you're doing it without Adam Fox. You're doing it without Heedle. There was a talk that Heedle might play in the game, and in a last-second decision, he did not play. You're playing without Kako. So there's limitations there, and they still came up with a huge win. Mika's been red hot, playing so well, points in 12 of his last 13 games. The, the Kreider season is just spectacular. 33 goals, 17 on the power play. He has just been a godsend for this team. And Panarin's great, too. So uh, she, Shesterkin, typical star. 
as uh, it looks like the Rangers are going to have a nice transition from one great goaltender to another. Not to put a lot of pressure on Igor, but so far so good. That is a quality win for the Rangers. And and to be able to outscore Florida 2-1, um, to 5-on-5, five five, which has been a problem for the Rangers, I thought that was really good. So there's a few things that you can feel really good about this Ranger team. Killed a couple bunch of narratives. Be able to beat a quality team. Respond to Gallant. And what he said at the end of the game on Sunday afternoon, quality, quality win. How about the Maple Leafs? Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The, the Toronto Maple Leafs won on Tuesday, excuse me, on Monday, 6-4. They were down 4-2 going to the third, scored four unanswered goals in the third to win that game 6-4 against the Devils. The very next night, last night at the Rock, they scored the first six goals in the game and eventually won 7-1, scoring 10 unanswered goals against the same opponent. I mean, the Devils are lost right now, no Hamilton uh, certainly a problem for them, but you know it, the goaltending situation with Blackwood out has been a mess. But boy, Matthews, tremendous game. Marner, a couple of goals as well. Good win for Toronto. Uh, Islanders have to most win every single night. They bounce back after the two-game losing streak. They score four and answer beat Ottawa. They got the makeup game against Seattle tonight. So chance to win a couple of games in a row. See if they can dig themselves out of a hole. Give the crack in credit. They gave the Rangers all kinds of trouble on Sunday, and they came back from a couple of goals down against the Bruins and eventually lost 3-2. to Pasternak, two goals, including the game winner there. Uh, Lightning beat the Sharks 3-2. to Hedman late in overtime proved to be the game winner there. Boy, Victor Hedman is good, and the Lightning uh, survive. And also, th- this is a thing that's very underrated about Tampa. They, they never give you the puck. I mean, San Jose had, had 21 shots in that, in that game. Uh, Jets struggling, lose in Philly to the Flyers by the final score of 3-1. to The game of the night might have been in Pittsburgh where Washington comes back and they win in overtime 4-3. to There's a 3-2 Pittsburgh lead. Malkin gets his fifth, Rust a couple of goals. But then Sprong scores with 42 seconds left in the uh, second period. And that tied the game at three. After a scoreless third, they went to overtime. And then Orloff gets his second. That came late in overtime as the Penguins uh, lose. But they do, again, earn a point. So you look at the standings in the Metropolitan Division. Carolina's in first with 64 points, 42 games played. The Rangers have played five more games than Carolina, 64 points. They're in second. Pittsburgh is only two points back of the Rangers with two games in hand. Pittsburgh has earned a point in nine of their last ten games, 6-1-3, and so they're right there. And then Washington gets the win. They have 59 points with also a game in hand on the Rangers. So they're only five points back of second place, five points back at Carolina, but again, have played four more games than Carolina. So it still looks very much like you've already got your eight teams, but trying to finish in that top three and avoiding the wild card is something that all everybody's going to want to do. And I really think the only team that can feel comfortable, they're not going to have to play for the wild card, 
would be Carolina. Predators double up the Canucks 4-2. to two. Nashville's dangerous. Now they got Forsberg back. He gets a couple of goals, so Nashville wins over Vancouver. How about the Flames? Down 3-1 late, come back, win in regulation over Dallas by the final score of 4-3. to three. It all starts with Mangiapane scoring a goal at the 14-36 mark. That makes it 3-2. Less than a minute later, Gaudreau, who's having a great year, scores less than a minute later, ties the game, and then with less than two minutes to play, Shillington gets the game winner at 18-13. That's a, da- that's a bad loss for Dallas, but it was inevitable when you look at out of the flames. Got a lot of rubber on goal, 40 shots on goal on that one. This is why you don't bet hockey, even though I do ice picks. 18 consecutive wins at home for the Avalanche. 18 in a row. And who beats them? Who ends the streak? Arizona. 3-2 win over the Avalanche. Now, the Avalanche do get a point because the game was decided in a shootout. So, Avalanche have still earned a point in 19 straight home games. But who would have thought that streak would have came to the uh, to an end against Arizona, who's pesky? Um, Kadri gets his 19th of the year. Golchenyuk scored for the first time, I think, since dinosaurs walked the earth. He had not scored since, like, early last year. Tied the game. Ranton gives them a lead back late in the second. Um, but then Kraus scores late in the third to tie the game at two. That was at the uh, 19-22 mark. And then Golchenyuk gets the difference maker in the shootout. So that close to the Avalanche winning their 19th straight game at home. But give um, them credit, the Coyotes, the pesky Coyotes, get the win. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And the Golden Knights roll over the Sabres by the final score of 5-2. And that kind of rounds out where we are as far as uh, the games from last night. Uh, taking a look at the games tonight, add one to your schedule. The makeup from from uh, Saturday's snow out, Seattle at the Islanders. Islanders back to NHL 500 at 16-16-6. Great first game of the doubleheader on TNT with the Capitals. Second to back-to-back taking on the Edmonton Oilers. 7.30, the Kings and the Red Wings in Detroit. 9.30, the Coyotes. Back-to-back games. They'll be home against the Calgary Flames. Also playing the second to back-to-back. And the second game of the doubleheader for TNT, the Red Hot Minnesota Wild in Chicago to take on the Blackhawks. So that's where we stand right now in the National Hockey League. Let's dive into your email, your tweets, excuse me, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. And let's go to Nick who says, Hi, Don, considering how well the Rangers are playing right now, do you think the two-week break is good for them? I'm sure it'll be good to get some rest, but I'm worried it could take away from the momentum. It's interesting you say that because you weren't thinking much about momentum. Matter of fact, you were probably begging for a break after the three games before last night where you lost uh, two goal leads in all three of them, and the only one you had was against an expansion team, Seattle. Now all of a sudden you don't want the break because you beat Florida. They need this break desperately. Got to get Heedle back. Got to get Kako back. Got to get Adam Fox back. So and, and find out what, what the situation is with Nemeth. They needed this break badly. So we could talk about momentum and all that. They got to get mentally prepared to be better five on five. There are things that need to get tweaked here. And they've got 35 games left on their schedule the rest of the way. 
We talked about this with EJ on Monday. You've got four games with Pittsburgh. you got three games with Carolina. you got three games left with the Islanders who desperately need the wins and are much better now than they were earlier in the season. you got two games with St. Louis. you got another game left with Tampa. You've got two more games left with Boston. There's a lot of difficult uh, teams in these final 35 that you're going to have to take care of. Uh, Marco says, do you think Lafreniere can keep playing this good on the top line, and do you think Schneider can be a top four defenseman in this league there's no question Schneider can be that good he is such a good player you're seeing it he's jumped in and he's done a good job replacing um, Fox although nobody can be Fox he's a Norris Trophy winner but Schneider definitely is going to be I think a top pairing defenseman by the time it's all said and done but definitely good enough to be a top four guy is right now and Lafreniere is interesting he scored goals in in back-to-back games here getting a chance to play on the top line he's played some left wing he's played some right wing he's been through a lot of adjustments here early on I think he's a keeper and I think he's going to get better as the second half comes Anthony says, hello, Don. What do the Devils need to do to improve this team moving forward? Even with good play from Hughes and Nico and signing Hamilton, it just seems like this team is in the same rut they've been in over the last couple of years. There's no goaltending. Now, COVID's been a problem, but is Blackwood the answer even if he was healthy and didn't have the COVID issues? They need a goaltender. I don't think Blackwood's the guy. Um, they, they, they're a young team. They're an inexperienced team, but it should be better than this. But if you look at the one area this team drastically needs to improve, it is certainly the goaltending. David B. says the Pacific Division is pretty interesting right now. How do you see it shaking out? It is interesting. It's it's very, very tight. And you, you take a look at it as we stand here, as we go into the All-Star break, which is a handful of games coming up tonight. The Pacific Division has... Vegas, Anaheim, the Kings is the top three teams. And then you've got Calgary is three points back of the Kings with five games in hand. The team I'm worried about, and I was high on this team, and if you listen to the the podcast early in the season, I thought it was sustainable. The team I worry about is San Jose. San Jose right now is five points out of third place in the Pacific Division. They sit two points out of a wild card, but they've played five more games than Calgary. And they play the same amount of games as the Kings. So they're still very much alive, but that minus 16 goal differential bothers me. So Edmonton, they're the only team out of the playoffs that's got a plus goal differential. They're starting to warm up and play better. They've won four, they've won, um, four of their last five and have points in five consecutive games. They've only played 41 games, so they've got four, five games in hand on the Kings, and they sit six points back of them. They play the same amount of games as Calgary. They're three points back. I give Vancouver a shot with 46. Winnipeg uh, is uh, obviously in the Central Division, but they're still you know, battling for the Central um, for, for a wild card spot. So you look at all those teams that are in the playoffs, all in the Pacific Division, that are battling for a playoff spot, with the exception of Dallas. You've got your two wild card teams, St. Louis, Calgary. Then Dallas is two points back. San Jose, Edmonton, Vancouver, all Pacific teams, all within striking distance. It is so wide open where you have a division that the only team that I think has no shot is an expansion team in Seattle. All seven of the teams are are, are possible playoff contenders. Anaheim's got to prove something in the second half. So does uh, Los Angeles. Here are the way I think it's going to shake out. I picked Vegas at the start of the year. I'm sticking with Vegas. I think Vegas is the best team in this division. 
I think that there's just way too much talent in both Edmonton and Calgary. I think it's going to go that way. I think Vegas, Calgary, Edmonton are your top three teams in the Pacific Division, and that everybody else, the Kings, the Sharks, the Canucks, all are going to have to battle for a wild card spot. That's how I think it's going to shake down, and I do think Edmonton will address their goaltending at some point. Not sure who, but I do think they will address it. Snap says, seems to me the Rangers are short a top nine forward. Would love to see them pick up one at the deadline. Who do you think is a realistic option? Well, we had Ryan Callahan on the Michael K show. He thinks he wanted to acquire somebody with term. I, I disagree. I, I would have no problem picking up a Kessel as a rental. I think he can certainly help. Veteran, played in big games before, versatile player, scores a ton. That, to me, looks like he can get him from, from Arizona and really not have to give up a lot to do that. You might have to wait till the deadline for that to, to happen. But, yeah, they do seem short of forward. They do seem short of right winger as well. I don't like Kreider on the right wing. Um, so, yeah, they, they need to get that. Now they get Heedle back. That helps the center position. Get Kako back. That certainly helps on the right side. But they can use a little bit more help there. And I think, you know, Kessel is somebody that pops into my mind. But there'll be more names as we get closer and closer to the deadline. Jimmy says, whether or not they will go deep in the playoffs is another discussion, but I believe the Rangers team is more talented, at least offensively, than the Cup final team of 2014. Is that a fair assessment? Yes. The big difference is you had Hank. He was a big difference maker, but you take a look at the big gunners from the 2014, just off the top of my head, right? You, you know, Kreider was still relatively young, but he was there. You had uh, Broussard had a nice run. Rick Nash was a really good offensive player uh, for them. But, yeah, you look, Panarin's a superstar. Zabanajad's a superstar. Kreider's having a superstar-type season. So I would think from a top-heavy standpoint, you're probably right. I don't know. You know, Time will eventually tell. Because, remember, that was a team that went to the Stanley Cup Final next year. They went uh, and won the President's Trophy. So there was a lot of consistency there. There was a really, really good hockey team. But, uh, God, I'd have to take a look. Just thinking off the top of my head, you know, some of the big scorers – on that 2014 team again and rick nash was good but he was like his his all-around game was something that really kind of popped into my head a little bit more um like i said broussard had a big season he had some big moments Kreider had some moments in the postseason as well again he was like still relatively young at that point um but let me just take a quick look here callahan who ended up being traded so he wasn't on the finals team broussard you know it was basically like a, like a St. Louis big goal scorer came up big at times, but there was a, a Brian Boyle had some big moments for them in fourteen. That was a team that was kind of score by committee. Now their blue line was great because you know McDonough and Girardi were lockdown guys, and of course Henrik Lundqvist, the Hall of Famer. But you can make that case when you look at offense and then just supplying the offense on um, on the defensive side when you look at the offense that can be supplied by Fox. When you look at the offense that gets supplied by Truba and Miller, they're probably better offensively on the defensive side as well as that 2014 team. But so much came together in 2014. There were so many guys that had been there and done that. That's another thing, too. You want to try to get somebody with experience. There's not a ton of experience in the postseason with this team. There's nobody that's played in a cup you know, final except for Kreider. So, um, but, that, but that team from 2014 – 
you know, you had Martin St. Louis who had won a Stanley Cup that, that had been to the wars. Um, you look at a, a guy like Matt Zuccarello was big for them as well. Like there were so many different guys that contributed. So you're right. There was there is certainly something very substantially better offensively with this team than the 2014 team. Just everything kind of pieced together for them, and maybe it'll happen for this team too. I just think it's a little too inexperienced, especially on the blue line, to make that kind of a run. I get beat up by a lot of Ranger fans. Why, why don't you think they can win the Stanley Cup? There's little things that tell you, little indicators that tell you how difficult it's going to be to win a best-of-seven series against the Carolina, against the Tampa, even against Florida, who you beat two out of three times, even against a Pittsburgh or a Washington team because they've got to play better five-on-five. Five. They've got to get more production from their bottom six um, forward-wise. Those are the things that you just wonder, is it sustainable? They don't get even a lot of chances five-on-five. That's why you want to do a better job when you're playing even strength, something they really haven't done on a consistent basis through the first 47. But Dave Maloney brings this up all the time. I'm talking to you now on February 2nd. A lot can change between now and May 2nd when the playoffs are going to get underway. So we don't feel it now. But in these final 35 games, they're certainly going to get tested with the competition they're going to face, and maybe you'll have a little bit of a different feeling. And maybe this team can do it. But right now, I think there's some holes that have to be spackled, but it's not about this year anyway. This is a year of just getting into the playoffs, and I think they've accomplished that. Barring a major collapse in these last 35, they're a playoff team. Cup team, I think that'll come down the road. All right, we'll be back with you again on Friday. Friday, we'll be able to give you a preview of the All-Star game, uh, officially see where everybody stands as we go into the All-Star break, and we'll also have our weekly top five. Back with you again on Friday. Want to get in touch with me, at Don McGregor, hashtag Game Misconduct. We'll talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don McGregor.